Blog Talk Radio. This is the public service announcement sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is O. H to the O.V. I used to move snowflakes by the O.Z. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the R.O.C. Ho! Fresh out the frying pan into the fire. I be the music man's number one supplier. Flyer than a piece of paper bearing my name. Got the hottest chick in the game wearing my chain. That's right, ho! Ho! Not D.O.C. But similar to them letters, no one could do it better. I check cheddar like a food inspector. My homie Strick told me, dude, finish your breakfast. So that's what I'ma do. Take you back to the zoo with the Lexus. Fast forward the Jews in the Nexus. Let me tell you dudes what I do to protect us. Shoot at you actors like movie directors. <laughs> Play the movie, dog. Now, before I finish, let me just say, I did not come here to show out. did not come here to impress you. Because to tell you the truth, when I leave here, I'm gone. And I don't care what you think about me. But just remember, when it hits the fan, brother, whether it's next year, 10 years, 20 years from now, you'll never be able to say that these brothers lied to you, Jack. Ring ain't lie. I done came through the block and everything that's fly. I'm like, check your barrel with bling on. I'm complex. I never claim to have wings on, nigga, I get my by any means on Whenever there's a drought, get your umbrellas out because that's when I brainstorm You can blame Sean, but I ain't invented the game I just rolled the dice trying to get some change And I do Yo Yo, yo, you hear me? Yeah, I, can, I hear you What's good, what's good? Chill, what's going on with you, my friend? That song was so appropriate because after a two-week hiatus, we're back. Uh, Happy New Year. People, our audience, this is the first episode of the Skybox for 2015. Are y'all ready? Champ, you ready? You know, I'm always ready, man. Let's get this started, man. Man, where do you want to start? Oh, I know where I'm well, gonna start. I know I already I wanna, know where I wanted to start, but go ahead, bro. Uh this past Sunday morning, longtime ESPN anchor, Stuart Scott passed away. Yep. Yeah, like I was actually at work when I got that when I got that notification. Like me, Stuart yeah, Scott introduced it. me. Stuart Scott introduced me to Sports Center. I mean, I was already watching sports, but I wasn't watching Sports Center until I didn't start watching Sports Center until I was twelve. And the first place I remember was him and Rich Eisen. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it was just that. I mean, from that moment, it was like Stu was my man. Like I mean, Stu was like a black leader to me. <laughs> A role model. I yeah. Know. I mean, yeah, I will say, you know, I definitely, you know, I definitely enjoyed watching Stu Scott on um, on Sports Center with Rick Eisen before Rich, uh went on to the NFL Network. Uh, yeah. Uh, he he really he really innovated, 
you know, sports broadcasting with his, you know, catchphrase that people still use to this very day. Exactly. Uh, and he, you know, he he was attracted to not only the artists like the sports, you know, the older generation, but the younger generation as well. Uh, and so that's what, you know, really just had him gravitate to, to everybody. And, you know, from all the tributes that came out this past week, um, basically, they was you know people were just saying that not only was he a great guy on air, but off the air, he was one of the, the most genuine great guys that you could you could be around. Um, and you know, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say it: fuck cancer, because you know cancer yeah. got another one. But one thing he that you know Stewart would probably say is that he didn't lose his fight to cancer. He won his fight by the way he lived and how he lived, which is what he said at the ESPYs. So he didn't lose. He won because he lived his life to the fullest all the way up until the end. I mean, that he did, right? That he did. I mean, his impact to just sports in general, I mean, it's second to nine. I mean, he brought so much energy to broadcasting. I mean, it was like... Stuart Scott separated himself from everyone he was with. Everyone around him. Like, you mean he was so high energy to the point it was like everyone could relate to him. It's like he made you want to listen to ESPN. Right. Whatever he was calling it, he made you want to listen to it. He doing, he's doing an interview. You had to watch it. That's when we yep. anchors, reporters, whatever, could do, could have, have, have that sort of. Stuart's got effect. Exactly, yeah. I mean, especially, Man, you I know, prior to his death when he was part of the um, Monday Night Pre-Game crew, you know, that was a great crew. Get him on there and Steve Young and all those guys. And it was just, um, I think everybody can agree that, you know, Stuart Scott will definitely be missed. You know, like one of his catchphrases, he was definitely cool as cool as the other side of the pillow. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so, you know, I ain't even gonna lie. Rich, Rich Eisen's. Rich Eisen's farewell, man. I ain't gonna lie. It, it, it got to me. <laughs> yeah, that one got to me, and the other one that got to me was um, Hannah Storm. I didn't even see Hannah. Uh, I'm going to go watch it. Yeah, you got to watch that one. That one, I mean, she definitely held back. It's on, It's actually on our page. It's actually on the, um, the Skybox group page on Facebook. Uh, Poetry actually posted it up. And, I mean, she really, really, you know, that was rough to try to get through her, you know, her having to do that tribute. And she just... Yeah, um, it was. It looked like he was just tough, 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 tough. Yeah. Uh, like I'm gonna check it out, but that was awesome. That was gonna have to be like. Tough. Yeah, Rich is one that definitely, you know, you know, you def- and it's, you know, it's just it's raw emotion, it's real emotion. You know, this isn't something that's just made up or just, you know just out there just to be like, you know, this and the third. This is real, real emotion for people who consider him, you know, not just a colleague, but a friend. 
you know, like a friend, almost like a family member. Man, I was like brothers. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oh, yeah. So what else we? Man, we got a lot to cover. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> when it comes okay. to sports, because you know we've been out for two weeks. I uh, know. Oh, you want to talk about the, the college football playoffs? John Jones. Oh, yeah, we yeah. need to talk about that. But first, let's get into John Jones. This family. Okay. This family. After, after he wins his fight against Krona, this fool pauses, tested positive for cocaine. And the crazy thing is, is that the, the positive test came before his fight, but because of the fact that cocaine is not a banned substance when it comes to the UFC, he was still um, he was still able to fight. But it still like, what the hell? I just, yeah, I'm out. I took my head when I saw that headline. I was like, "What?" Yeah, so I'm like, "Okay, all right, we all right. Okay, hey, cocaine is not a bad substance. However, like, seriously, it's still a legal drug. What? I mean, are we promote? Are we promoting cocaine use now? Apparently, I mean, Rick James said it best. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. I was about to say that too. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, oh man, I mean, I hope he ain't willing to mess his career up. Well, I mean, he, got, he went into rehab, so I mean, at least he, he's trying to get help. Which I, I can respect him for that, you know. He's trying to get help, but it's like, bruh, really? I'm saying, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, here's my thing with this though. I don't know no one for trying to go to rehab, but don't wait till your stuff comes out in the open to be like, okay, I'm gonna go to rehab. Don't wait for you to right. do something to be like, okay, I'm gonna go to rehab. Right. Don't yeah, wait. Don't um, wait till that pressure comes on you to go to rehab. I mean, it, it all this could have been avoided, man. Especially when you in a Very limelight. Cool. Especially when you're in a limelight. You're getting paid millions, thousands of millions to perform a fight. I mean, UFC has came a long way since Dana White bought the uh, bought the rights to it. Actually bought it. Right. I mean I mean back in the day, early nineties, UFC, you saw that what, once every what, three months? Once every year? Almost. Right. Yeah. It was. It was not very as frequent as it is right now. So it's definitely yeah, come I mean, a long way. A very long way. I mean, it's not even gonna. I mean, back then, ain't, nobody was even looking at mixed martial arts like that. It came. It came big like to everything. Yeah, but Apparently, nowadays. People have fight parties and all this other mm-hmm. thing for for UFC. I mean, they mm-hmm. have the same fight parties they were having when boxing when boxing was hot. 
mm-hmm. Mike Tyson and the the Holyfield, Lennox Lewis and all them would were, you know, crushing families. You would yeah. have those kind of fight parties and everything like that. And now you having those fight parties for the UFC and um not just UFC, but, you know, a lot of different mixed martial arts uh, promotions, such as, like, uh, Bellator uh, and stuff like that. Rex Cage. <laughs> exactly. That one. Strike Force. Mm-hmm. That's just the name of, that's just the name of few. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely, UFC has definitely came up in the game. But this right here with John Jones, you know, having to go into a drug treatment facility, drug treatment program for testing positive for cocaine prior to a championship fight. You gotta wonder how in the world is this going to affect the UFC going forward? Are they gonna start? You know, are they gonna add something like that, like cocaine, to the banned substances, and then if people test positive, they then they're out of the fight. You know? Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, so, something needs to happen. I mean. You, I mean, it's okay, it's okay to do cocaine. It's okay to do cocaine, but you do steroids and you're you can't fight. <laughs> right there, that's yeah. That that makes no sense to me. But what do I know? Test positive for HGH, you can't fight, but you doing heroin. <laughs> oh, you're good. Yeah, you on heroin? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, go ahead and there fight and. You know, possibly get yourself and somebody else killed while you're high on heroin. Go ahead, have, have a business. There's no way in here. No, not at all. Not at all. But then, like I said, what do what do I know? What do we know? You know, we're just guys who, you know, are just watching from we're just watching from from afar. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. I mean. I will say that I hope that he, this, you know, this trip to the to a drug treatment facility uh, benefits him. I hope that it gets him on the right path, and um, I hope that he is, you know, back better than ever and representing the UFC in a much different and much better light than what has been portrayed recently. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So it's like we're gonna keep it moving. College football playoffs. So what is your what is your opinion of the playoffs so far? Honestly, I like the idea. I mean, I liked it because I mean now you have Oregon versus Ohio State. Who would have thought that matchup would have ever occurred? Doing a B- the old BCF thing. Mm-hmm. Now you have a national championship game that either way the winner won't be from the SEC. I will say Honestly, that. I like it. I mean, I know this is the first year. They're not going to expand it yet. However... When they expand it, it's gonna be great. <laughs> I, I mean, this year, I mean, it was good. I mean, it was good at four. At the same time, yeah, I will I mean, say this. I mean, same time, I do, I do want know, the teams in it though. Yeah, I want to, but this definitely, you know, the playoffs definitely 
expose teams in their rankings and just just to show that you know their rankings don't mean jack when it comes yeah. down to having to earn a spot into the um, earn a spot in the championship game instead of just having exactly. fantasies to be number one and number two. Exactly. I mean, I mean look at Florida honestly, State. Look at, Look at Florida State. Florida State was, they got they was exposed all season. Oh. Huh? Florida State was ex- exposed all season though. <laughs> if you really look at their games, how they barely won a lot of games. I mean, none of their wins yeah. were impressive. They weren't dominant. So it was like, okay. I mean, it was on, it was only a matter of time for Florida State to finally get blasted by somebody. It's amazing how everyone was surprised how Oregon beat Florida State. I wasn't. I was never surprised at that. One, Florida State hasn't been dominant all season. They haven't shown me that they're the defending national champion. Not one game this season. Now, I look at Oregon. Oregon has been dominant for the past few years. I mean, there's no denying that. I mean, they've been close with no cigar. Now that they, they've crushed the Pac-12, they blew Florida State out. I mean, I saw that coming. I'm sorry. Florida State didn't have enough to go against Oregon, flat out. I mean, yes, Florida State got freshman, got freshman receivers. But that Oregon offense and defense, no. I mean, Marcus Mariota showed off. Man, did he ever. And congrats to him being the, um, being the Heisman Trophy winner. Well-deserved. He just, he was definitely. Uh, I mean, he had a great season. All year long. He had a great season. I mean. Each game, I mean, it's like you can't say that he, he really struggled. I mean, more than likely, he will be this year's first round draft pick. <laughs> oh, first overall draft pick. Yeah, I, I would see it. I definitely can see that. I definitely can see that. But um, it is what it is. But, yeah, I mean... You're right. Florida State got exposed all year long, and then they finally got super exposed when it counted the most in the Rose Bowl. I mean, man, they just got manhandled and beat down by a very good, very strong Oregon team. And then Alabama got beat by or by Ohio State, you know, so. After, hold on, wait, wait, wait. There you uh, go. Oregon, hold on, wait, wait. Alabama was up what twenty one to six in that game. Yeah, Alabama was up twenty one to six, and Ohio State came back on them. I mean, it was only a matter of time. I mean, once Ohio State got it to thirteen or twenty one, game over. <laughs> Bama really couldn't do nothing with that. <laughs> Ohio State got hot at the right time in that game. He's right, you know. Huh? I'm going to talk about another team out here that, that got high at the right time later on, but you're right. Ohio State got high at the right time, and now they're one win away from a national championship. But 
I Oregon, I'm telling you, that's going to be a hell of a game between Oregon and um, and Ohio State. That's going to be one hell of a game down there in Texas. Man. Honestly, I know this is going to be a great game. I don't even know who I want to who I want to say who's going to win this game. I mean, I have my reasons. Ohio State, I don't got nothing against them. <laughs> I mean, they have looked dominant all season long, and they have done it with three different quarterbacks. Right. It's like you can't take nothing from them. This is very true. Yeah, you I mean, gotta look they up, have you look up Oregon. I mean, what can this you say about Oregon that hasn't been already said? They have a chance to finally win their first ever national championship. I mean, three years ago, yeah, about the foot. Yeah, three, three, four years ago, they had a chance when they went against. Over. I mean, they feel short in that game, but I mean, four years later, they they have the same opportunity. I don't know. I mean, I want I would like to see Oregon actually do it. Yeah, I think they deserve it. They deserve it. They do. They definitely do. Definitely do. But you know what? See, you know, you brought up the point earlier about um, Oregon, about Ohio State getting hot at the right time. I'm going to tell you about another team that got hot at the right time and just, you know, didn't really shock a lot of people, but may have shocked a few people. And that will be the Carolina Panthers. Yep. Honestly, I can't even say they shocked me because, I mean, let's see. I mean, that's why Arizona I said, I mean, they shocked a couple people, but not a lot, but, you know. I mean, you played a team that week link officially became their quarterback position. When their first and second string quarterback went out before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. With that, that, that was the real difference maker. They was not going to – I'm sorry, the Cardinals does not want to go into Carolina and win that game with their third-string QB. I'm sorry, it was not happening. That Panther defense, nah. Honestly, the I think that Panther defense, that defense, I think it, it got to Carson Palmer, but I think Carson Palmer would have played better against it. Carson Palmer would have at least got him over 100 yards of total offense. I don't care what you yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, I, I give you that one. I give you that one. I mean, was it 74? Yeah, it was 74 yards of total offense through the whole game. That that's embarrassing. For that, I mean, I mean, that's something you would expect from a, a from a from a youth league team or something like that, a pee wee team, not from a professional football team. That is eleven and five. At the same time, who was their quarterback? Oh yeah, no. Trust me, 
you know, Ryan Lindley will definitely take the heat on this one because he could not get them going offensively. He couldn't do it. He just couldn't do it. And that's why he's a third-string quarterback and whatnot. But at the same time, you know that Bruce Arians couldn't rely on rookie quarterback Logan Thomas to jump in there in a, in a, in a playoff game and produce. You know, you couldn't you couldn't put that on him because if you did, then I think the result would have been a lot worse for them. Honestly, at at, at some point, you got you got to you got to play your hand. I mean, I don't want with something because I mean, your third string couldn't move the ball at all. I mean, I would have shook it up. This is why that Panthers defense prepared. For that third string quarterback, at least with at least with at least with Ryan Lindley, the Panthers defense ain't, wouldn't have had no wouldn't have really paid attention to him. And they didn't really see no game film on on him, so he came he came in with a slight advantage. This is true. This is very true. But, you know, at the same time, again, the fact that he didn't, that they were going to start him in the season finale, and then they end up switching it back to Ryan Lindley just tells me that he may not have been as ready as people thought. And then, you know, it would be ill-advised to try to, if he's not, he wasn't ready for a season finale where you're already in the playoffs, then how would you expect him to perform well in in the playoffs? Uh, you got you got a point there. I can't argue that at all. You know, so man, that, you know, that's man, obviously, man. I mean, like I said, they got. I mean, you said they got had a twice. How many? I mean, they won what their last four. Two games to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, um, he is a, he, they got hot at the right time. I mean, Cam Newton was looking, was looking pretty good. Um, the offense was, was clicking. The defense was spectacular. But, I mean, they definitely, uh, they got hot at the right time, but I think that hot streak is about to become as cold as it is outside right now when they go up to Seattle, because I think Seattle's got something for their ass. Mm. Do you think Carolina can go into Seattle and beat them? Uh, Honestly, no. (laughs) I was about to say, like, if you think they are, I really want to hear the reason behind that. I mean, I'll say this. If Carolina goes into Seattle and beats Seattle, I might be marginally surprised only because their defense is, has been so stout the last few games. You know, and... Russell Wilson can't do it all by himself. So I mean, you are, were, but you are you already know beast mode. Beast mode is going to come alive in the playoffs. That's a given. True that. True that. 
True that, true that. But that's Seattle you know, defense. I, I just don't see. I just can't see Carolina going in with the upset and making it so that they're either going to head to, you know, they're either going to head to whoever wins. If if Green Bay beats Dallas, they end up heading to Dallas, heading to Green Bay, or if Dallas wins, they'll end up heading to Dallas. Man, that's Dallas. Man. They, so they came back and beat Detroit. I didn't even see the game. I saw glimpses of it, but I didn't see the game in its entirety. What are your thoughts on their win? What did you think about them picking up the flag, though, for, the PI, for that uh, P.I.? Honestly, I saw the replay. I mean, I, I I saw. I mean, I saw it like after the game was over. Like, I can't really say that. That I, mean, I can't really say that they cheated for Dallas on that one. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, from an angle, it did like it, it did look like uh, who was that? Brent Pettigrew. Yeah. He did kind of sort of grab the face mask. <laughs> right. So it was like, honestly, I think I thought it, was a, it would have been a great no call. But here's my thing. How you want to throw the flag, then pick it up. And then don't give an explanation as to why you're picking it up. Exactly. I mean, if it, if, I mean, the ref would have given an explanation, okay. There's no foul for passing offense. I mean, honestly, he, he still should have made a call. Because, I mean, it was fouls on both teams at the end of the day. Exactly. I think... But, is, is I mean, my happening? thing is this. Mm-hmm. Go, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Honestly, like... My, my, my thing was this. Okay, you didn't explain the... I mean, my thing is this. You throw the flag out. Make a call. Make a call. Mm-hmm. You want to pick up the flag? Explain why you're picking up the flag, and why there's why you did why you're not going to make a call. That's what made that. That's what made the whole situation. That's what made that situation draw so much attention. Now, excuse me. Here's my question, though. Do you mm-hmm. think that miss that miss call, well, that situation was a momentum changer? Mm. I'm gonna say no, and this is why I'm gonna say no, because quite frankly, it was four from one at that point, <clears throat> and they tried to draw him off sides, and ended up getting a delayed game penalty. Now, had they just ran a play on fourth and one and gotten the first down, they could have kept it going and possibly could have won the ice the game and won the game, or you know, put themselves in a position to make a field goal to put it to six and force Dallas to go down the field to win the game. But instead, they end up having a punt and their punter shanks it, 
and that and then their defense couldn't stand up to success and they end up losing and they end up losing. So I wouldn't say it was a momentum changer, but it did create a lot of controversy. Now here's what should have happened and I mean I I never refereed a game so you know, of course people aren't gonna take my opinion seriously, but I'm just gonna say how I feel. This is what should have happened. They should have looked they I mean, I'm pretty sure they saw the face mask. I'm pretty sure they saw the pass in France or even, you know, defensive holding or whatever. There should have been offsetting penalties. The down should have been replayed. Um, it, would, it should have been still third and one. And then you go and you defend it down and see what happens. And then another thing that kind of, you know, a lot of people, you know, brought up was Des Bryant coming out on the field with no helmet on now, initially, a lot of people were saying that should have been a penalty because he was on the floor without a helmet. But Dean Blandino, who was the um, the the head NFL referee guy for the you know for the league, said that you know referees can use their discretion in that situation. And the fact that he wasn't on the field without his helmet, he you know they can use the discretion and not flag him. What would have happened is if he'd have been on the field took his helmet off and whatnot, they would have assessed him a 15-yard personal foul penalty. But because he was already on the sideline without his helmet and he came out on the field, they used discretion. Though I still think that they should have considered, you know, a personal foul penalty for coming off the bench. But exactly. that's neither here nor there. And before anybody thinks that I'm only saying this because it's the Cowboys, I'm a Redskins fan, wrong, had, like, it been the other way around. Had a Dominican Sue came out on the field, same way. I've been saying he needs to get flagged too. Trust me, I'm exactly. not gonna show any kind of bias. I'm just gonna say it just straight up. No matter who it was, they should have got flagged. It should have flagged. Exactly. And they should have explained themselves why they picked it up in the first place. That's just my feeling on it. If you're going to pick up the flag, explain yourself. Explain why. That way people know what's going on instead of, you know, sitting in and like, wow, it's home cooking. You know, they're helping the Cowboys and all this other garbage, you know? Right. But uh, another interesting wild card game was Indy and Cincinnati. Poor Andy Dalton, been in the league four years and all four years gone to the playoffs and still can't win it. I mean, who do you really look at in that situation though? Because I mean, Marvin Lewis has been the coach of the Bengals for over ten years now. Has been to the playoffs five times and has yet won a playoff game. I mean, so who group. do you blame in that situation? <laughs> I mean, who do you really look at? I mean, you can't look at the quarterback. I mean, yeah, he's he's the one on the field. He's the one that's under center. But when you have a head coach who's lost playoff games with more than one quarterback, I mean, who do you really look at? Like, honestly, I'm surprised that Marvin Lewis still has his job. Well, I mean, I mean, he still has his job because even though he hasn't won a playoff game, he gets them there. I mean, yes, he gets them there. But 10 years, not one playoff win? I'm sorry. I will be ready to move on. 
I mean, it's like regular season, you're great. Postseason, yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking at Marvin Lewis like I looked at the Atlanta Braves of the '90s. So there you go. I mean, think about those Braves teams. All them years that they dominated the National League. Yeah, think about all those first round exits. I mean, they made it past the first round, what, three times out of, what, 14 years? Boom. 14 years of dominance? Yeah. With what, one ring to show for? Yep. Yeah, I'm glad about that one. I will say this, though. I mean, they, their, their drought of playoff, you know, playoff wins continue. Their last playoff win was early, in the early 90s. So it's been about 20, well, been over two decades since they've won a single playoff game. So I'm interested to see how they're going to approach it next year. I mean, a lot of people are saying it's not mostly on Andy Jones because, in fact, he didn't have his primary weapons like A.J. Green, who was out with a concussion, and Jermaine Gresham, who was out with injury as well. Right. But at the same time, you know, you got to be able to, you know, you got to be able to use the, um, be able to use what you have. Exactly. And work with it. You know, that's how you got to do it. And you couldn't do it. Andrew Luck is man. I mean, Andrew Luck, he is definitely, he definitely looks good, somewhat good in this game. I mean, he still has, seems to have issues with turnovers, but, you know, he looks pretty good. But if he can get, if he continues with issues with turnovers, they're going to go into Denver and get, they're going to get beat down in Denver. Man. What do you think? I will, honestly, I I think I think Andy could actually make that again. I mean, I mean, I would hope they could, but I mean, I know it's gonna be rough. I mean, I'm sorry, that Andy defense is not great. I mean, them ain't that much better, but. Out of the two, I think Devils would Devils would be more clutch. For the simple fact that Peyton Manning can cover up cover up their defense one against any. Then the fact that true. any has to go to cold Denver. Yeah, dome team going into a cold environment never really works out very well. Yeah. And then you have oh wait, wait, wait. Then you have Baltimore going to New England. How do you feel about that matchup? Look, New England and they this is a stat that was shown on ES on NFL network earlier this week. New England in the playoffs, they're eleven and one against all the rest of the NFL in the playoffs. Their record against the Ravens in the playoffs 
one and two. They have lost two or three games to the Ravens in the playoffs, including all of, an AFC championship game. Well, almost, yeah. Maybe, exactly. I think it was AFC well, championship game. Well, technically, they, they're supposed to be 0 and 3 against the Ravens. You want to get technical with it. But mm, it is true. what it is. Yeah, it's supposed they to be. dropped the pass and they missed the field goal, yeah. Jericho Kosh. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it is what it is. But again, New England does not have a good record against the Ravens in the playoffs. They have one win out of three games. I mean, out of three games, I mean, and all those games have taken place in New England. Oh God, you're right. They have. So it's like Baltimore knows how to take out, take on Tom Brady, and that offense. Now you know two Super Raiders chomped down on Brady, boy. I mean, you can't even. I mean, you got T Sizzle. You got not. You got not up the middle. You got what? My man from out, Courtney Upshaw. Right. I mean, the Ravens. You got Elvis Dumaville. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Ravens got these. These killer monsters on defense. These hash rushing gurus on defense. That's coming for Tom Brady. Yep. New England, their secondary has gotten a lot better with the real Reavers. I'll give them that. I mean, you don't hear so much about Brandon Brown. But, but you, they, their secondary has been a lot better. Yeah, they have. They have been a lot better. You know, that just run got a one I mean, that run offense, that run offense, mm, mm, it's like, sorry, that run game is not the same without Steven Ridley. However, the fact that they re-signed LeGarrette Blunt <laughs> makes it interesting, especially for that saving defense. For the simple yeah. fact that LeGarrette Blunt is a straight power back. Yep, and I think that's the key to the way to the way New England can win this game and go on to the AFC Championship game is they have to have a balance. They have to have a balance of running and passing. If they get one dimensional and just pass, 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 I'm sure the D coordinator for the Ravens will dial up some exotic blitzes and exotic blitzes on Tom Brady yeah, so. and really rattle him. Because honestly. I don't know. I think. I mean, I like. I like what the Ravens could do in this game. Cause I mean, okay, uh, Justin Forsett has just came out of nowhere. For those who know Justin Forsett, for those that didn't know who just Justin Forsett was before this season, he was a backup in Houston mm-hmm. to Arian Foster, Arian Foster and Steve Slayton. Yep, he was a backup. I mean, the way race situation happens, but our peers gets injured, and he gets that call up because Gary Kubiak, his former coach in Houston, is the offensive coordinator in Baltimore now. <laughs> and now he's having one of the he's having his best season ever. Yep, that's true. I mean, he is just—he was definitely 
something, someone that came out of nowhere and just took the league by storm and really helped solidify Baltimore's run offense. Um, and that's the, the one key that they need in order to be just the same thing as the Patriots. They got to have that balance. They got to have that balance. They, and Baltimore has that balance with Forsett in the backfield and then Flacco making good decisions in, um, back there in the pocket with uh, with Torrey Smith and Steve Smith Sr. and all of them. I'm telling you, I think that the Ravens are going to end up going 3-1 uh, against um, – uh, he's gonna, they're going to end up going three and one against the Patriots and go to the AFC Championship yeah. game. I, honestly, I can see it. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not going to see one I mean, they're great, but I don't know. I just don't see it. Like New England, they have been dominant. Especially after that two and two start, they've been crushing it. But going against mm-hmm. them, I'm sorry, are you going against the Ravens? I mean, the way the Ravens look now, I mean, did you see what they did to Pittsburgh? Yeah, man, I mean, they, did, they really did a number on Pittsburgh, and that was a rivalry game. Everybody knows the rivalry between Steelers exactly. and Ravens. You know that it's, it's about similar to the early days of Cowboys Redskins rivalry, like they. Both fan that fan base, both fan bases cannot stand each other, and the teams really can't stand each other either. But at the same time, I mean, they they went in there and they did what they had to do. Um, and if they can do the same thing with New England, they're going to be in the in the championship game. Um, either they're going to either be in Indianapolis or they're going to either or they're going to be in Denver. I'm waiting to see what Green Bay is going to do. You know that Aaron Rodgers has gotten a little bit more healthier with this with this week off. I know. Honestly, I think that's going to be, that might be the game of the playoffs right now. But it's round. Because, I mean, a lot of people think Dallas can actually go to, go to Lambeau and put it on. Honestly, I don't know. I, mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't, but I, honestly, I don't know. I it, for I mean, I just like I mean I really like Green Bay in this game. I mean I think Ed Lacy is going to get off in this game. I mean Dallas coming to cold Lambo. Yes, they they went they they didn't lose not one game on a road in a regular season, but. I mean, look at those teams that they face. Look at those teams that they really face. They haven't faced the Aaron Rodgers. They haven't faced. They haven't really been in a hostile environment. They haven't faced a, a high, high power offense. I mean, that that Cowboys defense is not stellar. I mean, everybody say, well, they shut down, they they slowed down Detroit. They held Detroit to three points in the second half. The Detroit offense hasn't been that great this year. I've seen Detroit, that Detroit offense has, has had 
better years in the past than he did this year offensively. I mean, I remember this offense man, they would put out close to 25, 30 points a game. No problem. You didn't really see too much of that this year. That Detroit, Detroit getting to to the record that they had was due to due mostly to that defense. Right. Green I mean, Bay. I will say that. It's gonna be a different story. It's gonna be different. I mean, honestly, I, I really believe it's gonna be a different story. I think that defense gets exposed in the cold weather. Julius Peppers, Clay Matthews will get to Tony Romo. Ed Lacy will have a hundred yards plus against the defense. Jordy Nelson will burn that secondary. Randall Cobb will burn that secondary. I mean, I'm sorry. This is going to be a great game, I, I, I believe, but I'm sorry. I I like Green Bay too much in the game. I mean, I think I wouldn't be surprised if Green, if Green Bay makes it past Seattle. I agree. I really, I really, 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 really think that Dallas is going to make it a game against Green Bay. But you know the, the same defense that has that a lot of people said was very, very was not very strong with a lot of the injuries they had is going to prove to be once again not up to the task of stopping uh, Green Bay. And I think that Green Bay will move on. And whoever wins between Carolina and um, Carolina Seattle will it'll either be Carolina coming to Green Bay, which I don't like their chances, or Green Bay will be heading to Seattle. And at that point, I don't like Green Bay's chances. Mm. But you know, that's just me. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't like nobody's chances in Seattle. That defense alone. I don't see it. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, that defense, I mean, no one is going to score on it. Right. Yeah. But I will say this. I mean, the playoffs, you know, definitely has some unique matchups. Leading into going into the, um, you know, trying to get to the, on the road to the Super Bowl is definitely some unique matchups. And then, you know, the Pro Bowl yeah. coming up also. How do you feel about Ryan Kerrigan not getting that initial vote in? I'm not surprised. I'm not I mean, surprised at all. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Good. The Pro Bowl for a lot of years, is mostly a popularity contest. People, all the players are voted in. So, of course, you know, players on teams that are not doing so well are not going to get voted in, and then they get, you know, left out. So I'm not surprised that Kerrigan didn't get, vote, get voted in because, I mean, he's on he's on a 4-12 football team that only time they were in the news was it, but mostly for all the wrong reasons. I don't know. 
two seasons ago, the Kansas City Chiefs, who only won two games that year, still sent six players to the Pro Bowl. I mean, Ryan you're Kerrigan, right about that. Ryan Kerrigan finished the season with what, 13, 14 and a half sacks? Yeah, I believe so. He was the only, I mean, between him and Breland, were the only two highlights of that defense. He should, I'm sorry, Ryan Kerrigan should have had a Pro Bowl nod. Between that, the few fumbles that he forced, Ryan Kerrigan was a force. He was the Redskins defense. Yeah, but you got to think about it, though. Another thing is because the uh, Pro Bowl is no longer unconference, not NFC, AFC, you know, there's so many linebackers out there that, you know, people voted for. You know, if they'd have kept it NFC, AFC, I think Kerrigan might have gotten, he might have gotten a nod. He might have gotten a nod. But, Man, him I mean, come on now, that's a slap in the face. But I mean, when you have you know guys like Luke Kuechly and uh, all that, I mean, you just Jackson Hughes. Yeah, I mean, it was it just was not going to work out for him. It's just not going to work out for him. And then again, when it's unconference, you got to deal with you know linebackers from the AFC as well as your own conference. It's just yeah. It just was. It just was not meant to be for him. But I really think though that if he comes back next year, I think that he'll do enough to to definitely get a nod next year. I mean, right now he's more than likely going to be an alternate. Case some one player. Uh, uh, one player. Case somebody goes to the Super Bowl, he'll be there. That was still a slap in the face. Yeah, I mean, a lot. Like he, he said, there were a lot pieces. of. There he were a lot of snubs. There were a lot of snubs when it came to the Pro Bowl. There were a lot of snubs. Like you know, a lot of people can't believe that Russell Wilson had a pretty good season, didn't make the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And you know, and we had this discussion. Another thing, we had this discussion just the other day on the page about the Rookie of the Year uh, finalists, and you know how Kelvin Benjamin got snubbed on that one. You know, I, he I did. still can't I mean, understand he, that. He, he, he put up numbers, but it was like he. I don't. Th- I don't think he had a. People ain't really give him that much buzz. It was like yeah, he had a good season, but it was like it was quiet to most people. Mike Evans right. had hype. Sammy Walkins had hype. Odell Beckham had hype. He might win play of the year. Well, that and here's the funny here's the funny thing about Odell Beckham Jr. This man will play twelve games and put up numbers that, you know, most receivers can only do in a full sixteen game season. This man will put it up in twelve games. I mean, he, man, he was just out of his mind this year, and he was just a rookie. So imagine what's going to happen next season when you get a healthy Victor Cruz back and then you have Odell Beckham Jr. You put him on two different sides, man, 
that that and, offense, Eli's going to have a field got, day with those two. And they still got Ruben Randall. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, that team cool is already nice. I mean, New York's going to be a team to be reckoned with. The Giants will be a team to be reckoned with offensively because they'll be in the second year of this new system. They're going to have Cruz, Ruben Randall, and Odell Beckham Jr. Um, all they got to do is show up their running game, and man, I'm telling you, they're going to be dangerous. They're going to be dangerous, and it sucks that they're in our division, but they're going to be a freaking dangerous team if they can get if they can get their running game together. Man, I I don't want to be I wouldn't want to be opposite side of that team. Okay. With the whole how do you feel about the Redskins taking the new general manager? It's about freaking time. I mean, it was. I mean, it was. I mean, we bring someone that actually has a role with the first. On actually back in college, they probably wouldn't count. I will say this. I mean, this this gentleman, you know, Scott McCollin. He was the architect for bringing in so such talented people in San Francisco that led them to you know so many playoff appearances, their appearance in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and he also was responsible for bringing in Russell Wilson, Richard Sherman in Seattle, where you know what that got them? They got them. They got them to some Super Bowl rings. This dude is a savant when it comes to picking talent. He can. Somehow he can see talent, and he goes with it. And it's just, this is something, you know, this is just something that, oh, my God. I mean, if he can come in and bring in some great talent to this team and do like he did with Seattle and San Francisco, it's, man, I mean, the sky's the limit, if, you, if, if I can be honest. Yeah, it is worth saying that now that now that uh Scott is in Dan and Bruce won't interfere. How much how much of that are you buying? Uh what's the old saying goes, I believe it when I see it. Yeah. Honestly that that's that's my thought process. I believe it when I say it. Honestly, I feel that Snyder is just slowly beginning to learn. That all he needs to do is just sit back and write checks. That's all he needs to do. Sit back and write checks. Yes, you're the owner of the team. That's great. However, your team don't need you trying to be the GM, the coach, this and the other. The skins don't need you to be more than just the, more than just the owner. Stop trying to be Jeremy Jones. 
found yep. found yourself a real GM. That's you true. Currently, you want to keep all, you want to keep uh groove in the world. You should uh, extremely experienced, highly qualified defensive coordinator that has a great resume. Yeah, but the only, I think the only thing that's going to hang over his head, as it was mentioned in ESPN, the magazine piece, uh, just last month, is the fact that um, he is an admitted alcoholic. And I think that might hang over his head for quite a while. Um, Hopefully that it gets taken care of before he takes on this role. Um, And he can just be known just for bringing in a talent that can make this team viable again. Honestly, I mean, he's going to, he's going to get partial dollars. I mean, people might, you know, gun for that. But I don't know what happened. Look at a man's body at work. You can't deny that. This man is Dick has done nothing but build winners. True. He has built winners. I mean, you can't even throwing throwing your worst shot at him. You can't break. You can't really work this man because he does his job. <sighs> he probably he probably made some of those picks under the influence, but I mean, if he can do that. Under the influence of alcohol, let him do his job. Because <laughs> apparently, it, it, it's something that he's doing as well. Very true. Very, very true. Very, very, very true indeed. Um, but everybody got, I'm, I'm, everybody got something with him. I mean, I'll be interested to see how he does, especially given the fact that, you know, the Redskins have the, the fifth overall. The fifth overall pick in this coming in this draft coming up, so I mean, yeah. to see, you know, that's how that goes. Cap, they want to have some cap this year, so I, 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 I can see, I can see the skins actually signing some free agent linemen. Like, like do what I've been saying, Francisco. I can't pronounce his name. He's come over, but yeah. Well, speaking of the draft, though, it was announced today that. uh that Jameis Woodson is going to forego his final uh, couple years of eligibility and enter the draft, which, surpri- which is a surprise to absolutely positively no one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be for real. Though a lot of, I mean, he he went on a 29 game winning streak. He only lost one game in his career as a quarterback at Florida State. He's won a national championship. He's won a Heisman Trophy. What else does he have to prove? He comes back for another year, he could risk getting injured and not be able to make it to the NFL. I mean, that is right. No correct, guys. But, I mean, I mean, but honestly, my question to you, though, is where do you think he'll get drafted? You think he'll be, you think he'll get drafted in the first round? Honestly, yes. Here's why. Okay. There's teams that will be willing to take a chance on him due to the fact that they really need someone that's going to put butts in the seats. They're either going to need a court, be desperate for a quarterback or desperate for someone that 
that will attract pain. Places like Tennessee, they're gonna need somebody that's gonna that people won't actually wanna pay the fee. New York. Oh no, not him in New York. I mean, that's just what's gonna be horrible. But I mean, New York will take a chance on them though. Do you think he'll be top ten? Do you think he'll be picked in the top ten? Yeah. Where do you think he'll go? At least top ten between. I want to say between three and seven. Okay. 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 Oh. You got you got teams like Tampa, teams like Tennessee, teams like New York Jets that need a quarterback. All have top ten picks. You don't you don't think that the uh, hell you don't. You, you don't think that team like like the Jets will take a chance on them? I mean, they. I mean, the Jets. I can believe it, especially because of the fact that their their quarterback situation is kind of awful right now with um, Geno Smith being as sorry as he is, and Mike Vick being a free agent and whatnot. But I don't know if I would want Jameis to go to to the Jets because see, like the Jets. The Jets are where quarterbacks go to die, in my opinion. I don't know. If the Jets get a a great offensive mind that can groom Jameis, or they at least build around his talent, then he'll be okay. I mean, they get a new GM, they get a new head coach. They need, they're going to need, I've been signed somebody that's going to actually, that can actually connect to their future franchise quarterback. Honestly, I think James will be in New York. Maybe. We'll see. I mean, I think we all know that, you know, I think the, the, the general consensus is that Marcus Mariota will end up in, um, Will end up in Jacksonville. I am going to Tampa. That's going to give up on uh, Blake Bortles. But I think I don't know. I think I think Blake got a little something to offer them. I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna say he's gonna be great, great, but I, I think he. I, think, I don't know. I think he could be something special for them. Definitely better than. Uh, Blaine Gavin. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how to bridge water in a spot in a uh, what's it called though? For rookie to year. Huh? How was yeah. Teddy Bridgewater a finalist? Listen, we talked about this the other day. I was like, how in the world did he get in there? His stats were horrible. Yeah, he's a finalist for, for rookie of the year. I mean, 
Can somebody explain that to me, please? I guess a lot of people who didn't think he was gonna be that he's gonna have, his rookie year was gonna be worse than what it was. So I guess that's how. Considering the fact that one he didn't have Adrian Peterson, two he didn't he doesn't have a top ranked offense, and three that he didn't stop he. He wasn't the initial starter from week one. Plus, I, I think they, they felt there was no that needed to put a quarterback in that conversation. Honestly, I don't want Derek Carr. But, yeah, I don't want Derek Carr or Bridgewater, but, yeah. That's true, though. I would either him or, or maybe even Blake Bortles, to be honest with you. But, I mean, Bridgewater, though, I mean, the Bama didn't even have a run game. The Bama didn't even have a run game and really didn't put up good numbers. So somebody needs to explain to me how in the hell is he a finalist for Rookie of the Year. And if he ends up winning it, I'm going to really question the the, the logic of a lot of people if he ends up winning it. Honestly, I think Odell got me out of pain now. Mike Evans would be a close second.
But only if they had a quarterback. If they had a real quarterback, Buffalo would be a decent spot. I'm mad that they did fire uh, their coach, though. Because, I mean, I, th- I, I mm-hmm. think... I think he was start. He was finally starting to get them to the point where they can actually win games. Yeah. Yeah. What's going wrong with fire prematurely? With who? I think he was fired prematurely. Who, Kyle Orton? Nah, uh, Big Big Malone. Hmm. The Bills' old coach. So they actually did fire him. Oh yeah, no, Doug Maroney opted out. Doug Maroney. He opted out of his he opted out of his contract when he still had like two years left on it and he walked oh, away wow. with four million dollars. Oh wow. I mean that was a shock <laughs> when he opted out opted out 'cause I mean his team I mean his team wasn't half bad. That's the one thing about it. The Buffalo Bills weren't half bad. But I guess he didn't like the, the direction that the ownership was going to possibly go. And I guess he wanted to get out while the getting was good. Yeah. I mean, you this know? is the best thing he And now he can get out, but he also here. walked away with a nice little check, though. Yeah. This is the best they did in the I don't know. I mean, they actually just finished what? What was it, right? 9 or 7? This is the best worker they had in the world since, what, 99? Right. I mean, just they, a random they, thought. like I said, they was, they was a quarterback away from doing it. Yep. Just a random point. I'm sitting here watching Impact Wrestling on Destination America, and oh, I, forgot all I about did that. not, I, dude, I, it's been a while since I watched it. I didn't even know that the freaking Loki was back in TNA. And he's looking damn good as the X Division champion. I might have to start watching this some more. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to point that out because I'm just like, I'm sitting here watching it. And I'm just like, holy crap, Loki's back! I think that tonight was one. Hold on, what's, what channel day? Is it on now? It's, it's now on Destination America. Okay, I got fire. I don't know what channel that is going to be. I don't know what channel it is on Fios. I know on Direct TV, it's uh, 286. But yeah, I just wanted to point that out. So, real quick, you know we got we got four games coming up this weekend. The divisional round of the playoffs. So I just want to know who do you think will come out? Who do you think will come out and be going at it for the um, their conference championship after this weekend? After this weekend, I got Green Bay versus Seattle, and I got Baltimore versus Denver. Interesting. I will say. I I I tend to agree with you that I think it'll be Green Bay Seattle in Seattle for the NFC Championship, and I do I'm tending to lean towards Baltimore visiting Denver. And remember the last time Baltimore was in Denver for the playoffs, they won it in like what five overtime? Yeah. So 
if that ends up happening, that that gives you know Baltimore some you know positive vibes knowing that they've gone into Denver in the playoffs and beaten them. So I tend to think that too, and I think that the Super Bowl is going to end up probably being a battle of two very tough, very strong defenses: Seattle and Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So there's a possibility of a rematch. There's a possibility of a rematch from last year's Super Bowl: Denver and Seattle again. Oh my God! I just hope that Denver can do something this year. <laughs> I know, right? I hope they don't just—I hope they just don't get like just beaten the, the crap like they did in New York last year. I mean, because last year they got straight bitch. <laughs> Well, I think if it is a rematch again, I think they'll be a lot better prepared for the defense um, that they're bringing yeah. and be able to do something. Because, I mean, you look at that game, and most of it was uh, Seattle's defense. Yeah, it was. I mean, they, they most of it was Seattle's defense. Well, except for the fact that Champ barely couldn't cover nobody in the slot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Champ was getting hurt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tank was getting burned badly. I mean, the ball yeah. was killing them. Yeah. I mean, Champ, I, I mean, but aside from that, Champ Bill is going to end up being a Hall of Famer. I could just, I feel like he's going to end up yeah, being a Hall of Famer. First ballot. I mean, out of all the seasons that he's been in the league, he's been to 11, well, 11, 12 Pro Bowls. Yeah, I really think that he will he will definitely be a first down Hall of Famer. Matter of fact, speaking of Hall of Fame, congratulations to the uh four individuals who uh who made it into the Hall of Fame this week. Um three pitchers well, and one second baseman. Hmm? Right. Who would have thought? But I mean congratulations to them and <laughs> I've always been a fan of Randy Johnson. I've always been a fan of Pedro Martinez. I definitely was a fan of John Small. And then Craig Bezio was one of the most consistent second basemen to play the game. I mean, that he was. And I mentioned it earlier this week that this is the, the first time in, in about 50 years that the Baseball Writers Association of America actually voted in four Hall of Famers. Normally they bring in maybe like two or three, but they brought it. They voted in four. And it's funny how baseball is the only sport that they do that. It's funny how baseball is the only sport that does that, though. Like other right. sports, they at least try to find five to get in. <laughs> oh, even, even WWE sends in more Hall of Famers a year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. But, I mean, these four have been it's well-deserved. I mean, Pedro Martinez, I mean, all three, all, all, all four of them, I believe, had World Series rings. All of them have been to all-star games. You know, Randy Johnson, Pedro, and Smoltz have won multiple Cy Youngs. 
John mm-hmm. Walsh was able to transition from a starting pitcher after he had issues with his arm to transition to a closer and was an equally good, an equally great closer as he was a starter. I mean, that's just amazing. And then Pedro, like I mentioned, Pedro, his, his the way he pitched was just off the charts. Had a great, a great fastball that moved a lot. Great off-speed stuff, great change-up, great, you know, curveball that just dropped off the table, great slider. I mean, he had great stuff. Randy Johnson was always known for that, you know, being 6'10 and having that dangerous slider mm-hmm. and fastball. I mean, just this is a great mm-hmm. Hall of Fame class that's going in this year. It's well-deserved. Congratulations to those four. Yeah. And hopefully next year Mike Piazza gets there because I think he deserves yeah. it too. He's got such phenomenal numbers as a catcher. I mean, he's got to get in sooner, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, they, I don't know what it is. It's like, you even skipped over a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, the steroid era that people are dubbing it. And, you know, anybody that was successful during that era where it was a lot of steroids and shit like that. Baseball writers don't want to give him a look, you know. So, uh, will Marco White ever get in? No. No. <laughs> even though he was, even though he wasn't proven to be on steroids, and he never admitted he was on steroids, his numbers during come, that did, era were so high. He did come out. He did admit. He did come out. Said that he oh well, then no, he won't. He won't get in. No. Just no. What about you know Sammy Sosa probably won't get in. No. No. He Barry Bonds is missing the bye. Fuck no, Barry Bonds ain't getting in. Shit. I'm a Barry Bonds fan too, man. That one hurt. <laughs> I mean. It is what it is, but I just don't see him getting in the Hall of Fame. I think all three of them are going to get blackballed out of the Hall of Fame, just like Pete Rose. It's, it's saying that Pete Rose is like can't even get in. Oh no, he can't okay, because yeah. he was betting on games. They banned his ass. I mean, my thing is this. I mean, yeah, he did bet on games, but at the same time, he is still your all-time leader in hits. That right there should still be honored. They don't care. Y'all don't, have to, y'all don't have to. He doesn't have to be at games this and the other. However, at least give him his right in. Please give him his rightful place in history. Ain't gonna happen. It's not Honestly, gonna happen. I mean, he's, been, he's been permanently I, blackballed. I mean, his bank could be uplifted. I mean, he never cheated the game. I mean, he better on baseball is bad enough, but still, I think I think he should at least get a, a strong consideration for it. Because at the end of the day, he is still your all-time leader ahead. He has a Hall of Fame career, and he did it without steroids. I mean, I'm right there with you. I, I definitely agree with you on that one. But I mean, that I just you know it's just it sucks. But he's he's been blackballed. There's nothing else that can be said or done about that. 
you know, they asked, you know, if he went up there and asked, if he went to somebody and asked the question, he's like, you know, most likely to get blackballed. Somebody would look at him and be like, you, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> he's been blackballed. There's no way around it. And, and it sucks. You're right because he's the all-time leader in hip, but it's just, it is what it is. Man, honestly, I—I I mean, I still think you should, you should get a fair shot. Dude. I think I mean, a lot of people wanted... think you should get a shot, but it just—I don't know. I just won't see it. Don't see it. So, what else can we talk about? We still got like five minutes left of the show. So, what else can we? Talk about real quick before we wrap up this first episode of 2015. Well, at least LeBron's getting some help. I mean, it just didn't gel together off the break. What people got to understand is this is the first time LeBron has ever played with a legitimate point guard. This is the first time he's had a real superstar point guard. So it's going to take time for him to gel, for him to gel with Kyrie and for them to gel with Kevin Love. Honestly, LeBron got it. LeBron is the so quote unquote Messiah that thing. He's the leader. He's the captain. He's the one that puts stuff together. He's gotta find a way to put them in spot. LeBron doesn't need to run doesn't need to run the offense as much. Let Kyrie do it. I'm 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 Move listening to you and everything. I'm just Move I'm listening to you. I'm just I'm just I'm just sitting here watching the beautiful people make their entrance. I swear to God, like uh uh, what is the what is that bra's name? One of them, like I would yeah. <laughs> I love my woman, but Lord have mercy. Huh? Hell yeah, yeah, that's the one. Velvet Sky, Lord. Like Lord, Angelina could get it too with Velvet Sky. Definitely, like I said, I love my woman, oh my but like, I mean, Angelina's got ugly. Like, I mean, I don't even know what's real. Yeah, so like I said, Velvet Sky, she could definitely get it. But go back. Let's get back to the basketball real quick. You know. Cleveland's been struggling quite a, quite a bit. You know who hasn't been struggling? The freaking Wizards. No, they've been killing. Wizards have been. This is the best I've seen the Wizards play possibly in my time of living. I mean, Honestly, this Wizards team is better than the big three from 10 years ago. They're killing it. They're really killing it. Yeah. I mean, if they can keep it up. I mean, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the East. I mean, they already are that. Because, honestly, Chicago can't match up with them. 
Irvin, I know Miami can't do it. They're not the same without LeBron. And I would love to see what's that what's that name? What's the what's the East Coast name? Earth for oh. For Miami. Uh Earth Force or whatever. Yeah. I don't know like that. Yeah. I mean, he's probably getting close honestly he was never really that great of a coach. I mean, before LeBron, the highest he, he was able to get the Heat was a 16. Now, without LeBron, with two superstars, the highest they're going to get is possibly a fifth or 16. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Very true, very true. I mean, the NBA season is looking very interesting so far, and I'm, I you know, can't wait to see how it, how it turns out as going forward. Hey, who, who, who? Who's that in the black and red? I don't know, but I guess it's not, not, not the, the real big, big one. Not the real big one, but the one well, that's getting double seen by new people. Oh, I don't know, but I guess we can go ahead and wrap this up and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, we can. This has been another. Classic episode of the Skybox. This is your boy Chill. Join me in DC Super Chat every Wednesday, mm-hmm. 9 p.m. Central. Tomorrow I mean, 9 p.m. night. No, no, no. Yeah, 9 p.m. Eastern. Let's see. The Friday night. We have kids and hers. Those that need that need relationship advice. Or going through a situation, his and hers is a show for you. Sit back and listen to our host give you their insight. Their show is 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central Time. Their show is hosted by Don't Think Evil Poetry, free. The Bishop Eddie. Who is that? Hey, Mr. Michael. Yeah, okay. Let's see. Monday. The Wyatt just got a facelift. It is now the Hangout. For those who are into that IT anime video games, movies, entertainment. The Hangout is the show for you. It covers all the above. Listen to our experts talk about everything from Japanese animation, Comic-Con, new devices, to everything. Join Poetry. What's Julian's name? Oh. Angel. Angel, okay. <laughs> Poetry Angel, uh, Bishop Eddie, and I think, and Black GOP. Tuesday night, we have the action of the DMVF, DMVF Unleashed, hosted by 
the best in the world, Mike, Mike Brown, the overrated legend. You got poetry and black GOP. That show is 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Oh, 7 p.m. Central. And I believe that's all. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. See y'all next week. That's all, folks. That's all. Take care, everybody. Good night. Love, soul, and peace. I got a million ways to get it. Choose one. Hey, bring it back. Bring it back. Now double your money and make it stack. I'm on to the next one. On to the next. I'm on to the next one.